This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. 7.36am, you're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Keith Kham. Let's take a look at what's happening over in the US. On Wednesday, former President uh, Donald Trump's clinched a second consecutive victory at the New Hampshire Republican primary after a landslide win at the Iowa caucuses last week. He is the first non-incumbent Republican in the modern era to win both Republican presidential contests in these two states. Trump won 54.3% of the vote, while his only Republican Republican contender Nikki Haley trailed behind at 43.4%. And this is according to CNN as of, as of Wednesday evening with an estimated 97% of the votes tallied. Nikki Haley has vowed to stay on despite the losses. With the next major primary to be held in South Carolina next month, the state where Haley served as the governor for two terms, will she be able to stage a comeback? And how will the results of the primary so far shape the U.S. presidential elections moving forward? For some thoughts on this, we have on the line with us Wendy Schiller, professor of political science at Brown University. She's also a political analyst with NBC10. Wendy, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, can we... Focus on Nikki Haley, because despite losing in New Hampshire, where she put in so much money into, uh, she has said that she's not giving up on the presidential race just yet. What do her chances look like moving forward? Well, I don't think that she has any real chance of winning the nomination, Mm. but she was the governor of South Carolina, and she wants to go back to South Carolina to run in the primary against Donald Trump. She's taken a lot of money, as you say, and worked a very long time, and she's not ready to leave yet, given that she got 43% of the vote in New Hampshire. She wants to make Donald Trump work a little bit harder before he declares himself the ultimate winner. Wendy, while the odds uh, obviously lean towards Donald in Donald Trump's favour, what major challenges could he still face leading up to the general elections, uh, the presidential elections? I mean, I, I'm curious because I mean he's got a lot of court cases uh, facing him as as well, right? Right. So there's the media challenge is that independent voters, about 20 to 25 percent of American voters, they did not vote for Donald Trump for president in 2020. They did not vote for his endorsed candidate for the United States Senate in 2022. They're not probably going to vote for him again. So if they don't vote for him, he probably loses the election because they are the difference between everyone who votes Republican and everyone who votes Democrat. And the way he spoke about Nikki Haley. Um, is exactly the reason independent voters are saying that they won't vote for him uh, for lots of reasons and uh, that he can be vindictive, for example, he can be mean um, and chaotic. So this is a big challenge for the general election, and that's a big problem for um, former President Trump. With the South Carolina primary coming next, and we have been talking about how Nikki was the two-term governor there, but we have also seen a lot of the representatives in South Carolina uh, stumping for Donald Trump instead. Uh, I guess, what do you make of her chances in South Carolina? So I, I, um, there's a, uh, the reason that she probably cannot win South Carolina is that the rules are different for the primary. It is what we call a closed primary, meaning you have to be a registered Republican to vote, and you have to register with the Republican Party in advance of the primary. So uh, it's really the core, very conservative Republicans voting in this primary, unlike New Hampshire, which is a more open primary. People who are independent could vote in that primary. So these are real 
supporters. And I think that's the big obstacle is the rule of the primary, um, not so much herself. Um, and Trump has the whole Republican Party now is a wholly owned subsidiary of Donald Trump. They have all fallen in line. They are terrified of having him have a primary challenge against them or raising, you know, public uh, outcry in the party against them. Uh, so, you know, elected officials who are Republican will be forced to support Donald Trump, whether they like it or not. What are the key swing states to uh, do you think we should look out for in the upcoming primaries? So in the primaries, um, there's Nevada, but uh, the rules of the caucus is very strange in Nevada. Uh, they've rigged it, essentially, to support Donald Trump, so Nikki Haley can't do much there. She wants to get to what's called Super Tuesday, but that's a long way away. Many southern states are in those primaries. They have different rules. But the you know, Republican Party, you know, maybe a year ago, thought Donald Trump couldn't win the election. Now he is pulling ahead of President Joe Biden. Mm. So the argument is he can win, they like him, and they want a rematch. It's as if your favorite sporting team lost its you know, big championship. They want another try. And so I think he's inevitable to be the nominee. The question is, will enough other people outside the Republican Party want to vote for him in November? I do want to look at the Democratic um, candidate. I mean, it's likely to be President Joe Biden. Um, but I think there are discussions or, or there seems to be rumors or murmurings of having a third candidate or an independent candidate on the ballot, given uh, the Democratic um, dissatisfaction with President Joe Biden at the moment. Uh, what What's going on on that front, Wendy? What um, are we what are his chances for a repeat win if he does go up against uh, Trump, given the sort of fraction factions going on within the Democratic Party? Yeah, so the Democratic Party has been making noise, but if you'll notice, very few uh, challengers who could do really well against him in the Democratic primary have come forward. They're not running. There's only a very, uh, not a very well-known person running against him because he's the incumbent president. And when the incumbent president is challenged in his own party, um, it weakens the entire party because it, it conflicts with the messaging that he's doing a good job because if he's doing a good job, the Democratic Party is doing a good job. Mm. So that is why they are all um, supporting uh, Biden in many ways similar to Trump. They view that this is a single party message and he's the leader um, and they're not really talking about the what if as if he could not you know, carry out his term or run. Uh, they're still saying that he will be the nominee that will be on the ballot for president. And Wendy, I, I was wondering if you could take us through what you think uh, the issues will be that might dominate the campaign cycle in the run-up to November on, on both the Republican and Democrat sides. Republicans will want to make this election about the border and American security. Um, and they'll say they want to make it about the economy. But the problem is the economy in the United States has done quite well. It never went into recession. Unemployment is still quite low. Inflation is coming down. Uh, the jobs are there. Growth is there. So I think it's going to be very difficult for the Republicans to tell people the economy is bad. Uh, the Democrats, on the other hand, will tell everybody the economy is good and that it was because of their policies that the economy is good. So it just depends on where voters are in their fear. Are they more afraid of their job and their money, or are they more afraid of the border security? We have a very um, porous border on the southern border of the United States, and a lot of people are entering the country without documentation. And that has become a very uh, strong issue of concern across the whole country.
Pretty much the same issues then uh, from from the previous uh, presidential election. I was just wondering where uh, where Americans tend to stand when it comes to uh, foreign policy issues. Well, you know, Americans typically don't pay as close attention to foreign policy unless there's a conflict that they feel threatened by. So the conflict in Ukraine, um, they, you know, they sort of feel threatened, but not directly. And the conflict in the Middle East, um, certain parts of Americans are very, very concerned about it, but not everybody. So that's the problem for the Biden administration saying we've done a good job keeping us safe. People haven't really paid that much attention and they don't seem to care as much as the Biden administration wants them to care. So generally, people worry more about close-to-home issues, safety, crime, inflation. Um, And it's funny, the border is not really close to most people in America. The vast majority of Americans do not live on the southern border of the United States. But many of those migrants are coming to cities all across the country. So they are experiencing it for TAN now, which makes it a more um, uh, pressing issue in the campaign. Wendy, thanks so much for speaking to us. That was Wendy Schiller, professor of political science at Brown University, uh, breaking down for us the implications of uh, Donald Trump's win in the New Hampshire Republican primary and what that means for his presidential race moving forward. It's looking increasingly likely that we are going to see a rematch of Trump versus Biden on the 2024 Ticket. I, I was wondering if we should have asked, uh, you know, uh, if we should have asked Wendy whether this was a done deal for Trump uh, in 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 the in the presidential uh, to be the Republican candidate for the presidential election. I mean, I think but she pretty much said me. as much. Yeah. yeah, it's really now whether the court cases are going to uh, come up as a barrier for mm. Trump to stand for president, and then what happens next? Will the party be able to rally around an alternative candidate? Uh, I I really don't know. There's a uh, there's a lot to watch between now and November. It's a long way away. Meanwhile, Trump is still being Trump. He's calling Nikki Haley names, uh, confusing her with uh, Nancy Pelosi at one point, uh, even threatening to blacklist her financial supporters if she continues uh, campaigning against him. Such a change of heart, considering that uh, Nikki Haley was once his uh, representative to the United Nations. Uh, they once had a very close relationship. But hey, uh, every politics, politics, right? All's fair in love and war and politics. Anyways, 7.47 a.m. We're going to head into some messages. But when we come back, we are going to be discussing the latest Monetary Policy Committee meeting of Bank Nagara, what that means for our Malaysian economy going forward. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.